Welcome to the Social Complex Podcast, where we are diving into the complex impact and influence of social media on brands, brains, and the bigger picture of our modern world. Here's your host, Hillary Applegate. So you want to become a social media manager, eh? Cool. Let's talk. I personally have hired, trained, mentored, and learned from hundreds of social media specialists throughout my career over the last decade. From industry marketing specialists to content creators, social media managers, and community managers, while the landscape of social continues to evolve, so does the career path. And if you're just starting out or have been interested in pivoting into social media as a career, or you're just generally curious about the various paths in the profession, this episode's for you. We're going to be talking about the history of social media as an industry, my personal experience working in social media, the different specialties within the social stratosphere, key differences between working in an agency for a brand exclusively, also known as in-house or as a freelancer, how to stand out in the hiring process, and which education and experience matters most. If you're new around here, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Hilary Applegate, and I have been working in the land of social media since 2012. I first started working in a nonprofit for a domestic violence resource center. They used social media as a tool to share resources for victims of TV and also as a helpful tool to build credibility in the community, helped to essentially help promote finding donors and funding. Then I began working in higher education. So I worked at the University of Arizona in their admissions department. And our main focus was Gen Z, essentially the crisis of students not applying to college or not wanting to go to college was really kind of ramping up that year. So social media was of heightened importance when it came to the admission strategy. So my role was to help connect with those students using social media and really promote U of A as a valuable investment of their time, energy, and four years of their life. Then I worked agency side. So I worked for an advertising agency in Phoenix. I started with clients in the automotive industry, doctor's offices, lingerie retailers. I mean, I was, I joked that I would start my mornings working at a dealership and end with a Spanish speaking gynecologist office. Um, It was a very interesting role of decks. And then by the time my agency time was up, I ended with international tech companies, national CPG brands, and fan favorite fast food restaurants. So you could say it was a very interesting character arc there with that client roster. But I learned a ton. And part of it was technical. So what a lot of people think of when they're thinking of social media managers and what they know and what they do is the use of hashtags, following accounts, best practices, engaging on platforms, posting video content, adopting Instagram stories. All of that is the technical side of the job. The other part of it was analytic. So what metrics are showing success? What's the data telling us? How can we improve? Where could we grow? And then the other part of it was operational. And that's how are we building content collaboratively in a growing team? What systems are we using to stay on task? How are we effectively billing for the work? Who are we hiring to fill the pipeline of needs among our clients? 
etc. So those were the three parts of the job that agency really entailed for myself and for the team. Then my husband got an opportunity to work in Austin and we took it. So that marked five years at the agency and it was time for me to give solo work a fair shot. So I freelanced for a few months before launching Social HQ and now I'm working with brands and hire talented contractors of various specializations to manage social media content and influencer marketing for clients. And honestly, I love contract work for a few reasons. One, it allows flexibility. So if you have had to leave a full-time role and you have experience, or if you're looking to fill up your weekends with some extra experience uh, and work with some different clients under your belt, there's just a flexibility with contract work that you're not going to get when it comes to a full-time role. It also allows for you to set your own rate. So if you're a contractor, you're able to come in and say, this is the rate that I am going to charge. Um, and you can also see what others in your area are charging based on similar workload and based on your experience level. So it's a great way for you just to have some more autonomy over your pay scale. It also allows for you to set your own capacity. So again, if you're needing to work within the confines of like 10 hours a week, you can do that. If you are wanting to increase the amount of workload that you're doing and you want to work 50 hours a week, you can do that. So it just is a great way for you, again, to have more autonomy. And then you also meet people from different backgrounds and that is a great way to build rapport and build connections and grow your network. So I love that part of all the different people and specialists that I'm meeting. But it does come with challenges, especially if you're new to the industry. So I do run into a lot of young people who are trying to be freelance right away off the bat, um, but they lack a portfolio and they lack a network and they lack experience. And so that can make it really challenging to actually get some solid contract work. If you haven't really built a network of clients and relationships, that's a huge bulk of where referrals come from. So I would definitely recommend anyone that's newer in the industry to not start out in freelance. It's just very challenging to make it work because you're essentially uh, running from a dry well. And then also if you fall behind on education, it's really easy to sit back and relax if you're a contractor and only focus on what you need to do because you're losing that element of collaboration when you're in an agency or in-house where people are sharing ideas and whatnot. So that's where, again, your network is really important to make sure that you are learning from people around you. You're staying on top of the latest and greatest and you got your pulse on what's happening in the industry. So how social media has worked with the clients that I work with is that we are brought in to review and evaluate what's going on with a client and what their needs are and put together a social media strategy and playbook for them to achieve their goals. So if they are looking for promotion and awareness of their brand and they're trying to build credibility in a new market or with a new product we would build a social media strategy that essentially tells them who it is that you're talking to, which platforms those users are on, how they want to be communicated with, and what the most effective ways for that brand to craft storytelling, 
content generation, community engagement, whatever it may be within the limitations of resource. So resources, time, budget, everything that is a limiting factor to what we can do because there's always the right way to do something and then there's the realistic way to do something. And while we love to ball out on a budget and shoot for the moon and the stars and post stories every single second of every single day and engage with every possible person on the planet, there's not enough time and there's not enough budget. So keep that in mind. But I digress. So once we have an agreement on the strategy and the approach with a client, we're off to the races. So in the event that we are creating content, that means that we are brainstorming and coming up with concepts that fit within the strategic boundaries. So if we are specifically going to be looking for consumer stories to tell, we're going to go and start finding creative ways to share those stories. Um, And so then as we get further along, it gets more tactical. So it's less about the ideology of how this one group of college students interacts with brands or what they care for or stand for. It's going to get more into, okay, now we know that they're on TikTok We know that this is a trend that they are rallying around and that they're excited about. How can we activate towards that specific trend? Or how can we jump on this hashtag that's going to be popular or even a specific month like a holiday? There's different things and areas that you can anchor an idea into just to give it more longevity, relevance, and also a higher probability of actually turning into a success. Then we're creating content. So we're going out and we're shooting content, we're writing content, we're reviewing it with the client so that they get eyeballs on it, make sure that it's approved. And then we are scheduling it. It goes out into the universe. We're adding the correct hashtags, location tags. We're monitoring, we're engaging with the community in the comment section. We are going out and finding various potential followers or potential audience members through other relevant hashtags, or if they follow other accounts, we're going and we're engaging with their content. So there's different ways to start building on that audience size. We're running our paid campaigns. We're optimizing those, doing A-B testing, which is essentially seeing which creative or which ad performs better, and then investing the remainder of the money into the one that is performing the best. So we're constantly evolving, optimizing during that time. And then we are reviewing at the end. So once campaign wraps up, or if it's an agreement and it's at a quarterly analytic review, we'll go back and we'll look at the data and we'll say, okay, we saw that this subcategory of content, whether that was testimonials or whether it was stories or whether it was video content, we see that that is performing really well. So we are going to recommend that you continue to invest in those Or we're going to see, hey, the paid campaign really didn't translate nearly as much as the influencer did. Let's go ahead and shift some budget over to influencer marketing. So the analytic review side of it is the final wrap up of a season of content. And then it goes into feeding information for the next. Part of social that I love is that it is a trial and error There's no perfect way to do social media, no matter what anyone tells you. It all comes back to trial and error to find out what the best is for that specific brand, that specific organizational mix, and that specific audience. Because where you might be looking at a brand and saying, wow, they're absolutely crushing it, that was through a lot of trial and error. They put themselves out there with different trends. They put themselves out there with different 
topics to see what would hit. And then from there, they started investing back into what was working really well. And then ultimately, that's what you see today. So when you're thinking about Wendy's Twitter strategy, that didn't happen overnight and it did not happen by accident. And we have all seen what happens when people and other brands try to recreate that magic. It doesn't translate over. It really is a case-by-case basis. So if you are wanting to be that social media manager that's running that A-star account, get really comfortable with trial and error and using the resources around you. So the trends that are happening, what can you anchor your content in? What are the truths of your consumer that you can understand, whether that is that they do care to have and follow and pay for a brand that stands for something, or that they are really invested in organic products, you know, whatever it may be, use that research from that preliminary strategy side to understand them better and make more informed decisions. Uh, so that is how the sausage is made. Uh, but let's, let's talk about who's, who's a part of making the sausage. Subcategories of social media. When you're thinking about getting into it, you want to be a social media manager, or is there another specialty within the space that could be a better fit for you? So I like to think of it as four main categories in the social media industry. There's the visual side, which consists of graphic designers, social producers, content creators. There's the written side, which is mostly your copywriters. There's paid, which is filled with ad specialists and paid data analysts. And then there are operators. So those are going to be your traditional social media managers, your community managers, your influencer marketers. Most organizations only have a select few from the list, mainly social media managers and content creators. Other specialties will generally be outsourced to an agency or just not included in the team structure. But most of the burden of all of those roles will fall on a social media manager. So you are the one that is going to have to create the graphics. You are the one that's going to have to create the video content, edit it, You're the one that's going to have to do all the planning, the blueprint, the strategy, and you're also going to have to be the paid ad specialist where you're running your ads and targeting and optimizing, and you're also going to be reporting on all that content. I think more organizations have been getting a better awareness around how much work goes into social media for brands and are more open to investing in the talent and the team, but we're still pretty far behind from a how much people are consuming content versus how many people are actually creating it standpoint. That's part of why I love influencers. I think they help supplement some of that content creation, but this is not going to be a podcast about influencers. So I'll digress before I even get started. If you're interested in getting into the visual side, like a graphic designer, social producer, or a content creator, that is a great way to really hone in on more of your visual skills. So if you are really creative when it comes to visual graphics, you take direction well from people who can tell you, you know, what the post is that they're looking for and really create something special. If you're a go-getter when it comes to understanding video trends, creative trends, you're constantly scrolling through and getting inspired and trying it out with your own gear, that would be a really great category for you to specialize in. If you are a lover of captions, copywriting, 
anything written. So your storytelling, um, and you absolutely love pairing creative captions with, uh, visual content, then I would consider really getting into more of the copywriter space. Copywriters also tend to fall into other categories outside of social media. So if you're interested in writing blogs, writing emails, copywriter could be a really good fit for you. Paid is going to be more of those ad specialists and paid data analytics. So if you are interested in understanding and optimizing campaigns, you're very detail-oriented, you are very interested in seeing ad performance and understanding testing and seeing kind of what the best of the bunch is, more of like a like scientist <laughs> approach to advertising. Paid could be a really great space for you as well. And then operators, if you enjoy being more of a generalist and enjoy dabbling in all of the above a little bit to some degree, social media management is a really great fit. Community managers are more on the front lines of engaging and interacting with communities. So you're responding directly to comments. You are taking criticisms, negativity, and flagging and forwarding it to the correct people and escalating when needed. You're the front line of defense for the brand, and you're the one that's responding to tweets and all that good stuff. And then influencer marketers are going to be the people that understand influencer marketing really heavily. You're the one that controls the list of influencers that you reach out to and operate with. You're the one that is going to be putting together the strategy for which influencers you're going to partner with in what area to target what audience, how to manage those agreements, what you want included in the negotiations, all that good stuff. So if there's one part of that, that you're like, oh yeah, absolutely. That is, that's my jam. That's exactly what I want to be doing. Then a specialist role might be a good fit for you. If you are like in a little bit of everything, or you're feeling gravitating towards multiple categories, then the generalist social media manager would be a good fit for you to pursue. So now that you know what you want to pursue, now you got to figure out where. So there's three places that social media managers can be found. That is going to be in an agency setting or a brand in-house or as a freelancer. And of course, each of them has their own pros and cons. Let's get into it. Agency life. If you're thinking of joining an agency and being a social media specialist, manager, creator at an agency, here are some of the pros. You get to work in an environment with other specialists. So you learn a lot when you're in an agency because you're surrounded by other advertisers who are thinking, speaking, and creating in the same way as you. It's a great way to learn from a ton of different backgrounds. And usually your social media team is going to be a little more built out than if you were in-house. So you'll be learning a lot from each other. You also get to work on different accounts. So that's going to give you more exposure into how different clients operate, how different businesses work, you may even be working in different industries. So you can take what you learn in one category and apply it to another one that they may have not even thought of. So it's a very innovative and inspired environment. You're also getting exposure to omni-channel campaigns. So learning how to amplify efforts for a brand across TV, 
radio, social, everything in a unique way. It's a really great way to come together for one core creative idea and concept. And then you get to bring the creative juice way of how to make it come alive on social media. It's a great way to learn quickly, build connections and be part of a team. It's also really fast paced and buzzing energy, which is also possibly a con depending on your personality type. The cons of an agency are that they operate lean traditionally. So that means that you're going to be working long hours. Agencies also have different ways that they handle social media. So you may be on the PR team at one shop and creative team at another. Historically, agencies also do not have the best pay rates. So you may be getting a lower pay range than your other choices. And also you do not choose your clients. They are generally chosen for you by the agency. So that means that you are at the mercy of whoever is on the roster. And if you don't jive with the clients, then the pro is that you're going to learn how to deal with that. (laughs) So that's the pros and the cons of agency. In-house and brand though, if you wanted to go in-house, work for one particular brand, The pros are that you get to focus and work on one brand. So you're not juggling different industries. You're not having to think about different ways and different audiences. You really just get to become a specialist of one brand, one agency, one organization. You'll also traditionally get to work with uh, outside agencies and partners, which is great. So if you are in-house, you'll usually have an outside partner that can take on some of the tasks that you might not love or might not be really skilled at. You also have better access to resources, so employee testimonials, awareness of emerging innovations, whatever it may be. If you're in-house, you're just going to have better access than an external agency. You're also going to be on site. You'll go to trade shows for that specific industry. It's just a significantly more connected way of operating. And then traditionally, there are better pay and benefits compared to an agency. However, when you're in-house, there are cons as well. Some of those include it can be slow-paced compared to an agency, which can be boring for some people at times. Traditionally, you're also not going to be surrounded by other specialists in social. So it can feel a little isolating and keeping a finger on the pulse around what's happening in the industry will take a little bit more of an undertaking since that's not just going to be natural fodder at the lunch hour. And then it also can be challenging to get buy-in as the social media expert when you're in-house. So if you're trying to be a part of an organization where they need team trainings or getting invited to key meetings, it can be a little challenging when you're in-house just because there's a perception sometimes with in-house talent that you're not coming from a social media agency or a social media background, and therefore you are just an employee within our organization. So what do you actually know about social? I'm not saying that's true. It's really not. But that is a perception that in-house can run into a little bit. Freelancer, if you are wanting to be a freelancer, there are the pros of essentially autonomy. You get to choose your hours. You get to choose your rate. You choose when you work, how you work, who you work with, you essentially get all of that autonomous choice. And in the same vein, it's also a con because you are the sole responsibility of your success. You have to find your work. You have to find your clients. You have to deliver on that work. Your reputation is your sole responsibility. 
So the autonomy is a beauty and a curse. (laughs) So if you are interested in any of those three categories, definitely um, weigh your pros and your cons, not just against your personality, but also against your experience. Like I said earlier, if you're coming in and you just don't have that experience under your belt, I definitely would choose agency or in-house. And honestly, if you're really getting into it, I would go agency first. Agencies are traditionally more throw you in and you really get immersed into various experiences. You learn from people around you really quickly. It's incredibly fast paced and you also don't need to stay for a very long time to get a lot out of it. And then once you have that agency experience, that's going to translate really well over into in-house. So if you wanted to go in-house, get a few years of experience and then go into being a freelancer, that's essentially a really great path for you to pace yourself, but also get exposure, understand the industry really well and build some very valuable connections that you're going to need in the long run. All right. So let's say that you have decided what it is that you want to do. And we're going to say that you're going to be an in-house or an agency because if you are going to be a freelancer, I don't need to interview you. But if you're going to be interviewed and you're trying to stand out among the competition and you're going to be a social media manager, here is how you can stand out. Well, maybe. Let me just tell you what I look for when I'm hiring people. The candidates who stand out in the interview process for social media for me have success stories on social media and can root them in a strategic decision. So you grew an account to 100,000 followers? Cool. Why? What's the significance for the brand? The candidates that can translate results from a actual strategic decision are the ones that catch my attention. So instead of saying, I grew this account to 100 followers. Try adding some context. So that would look like the brand launched in a new market, which meant that we had to grow our community with a new audience. I combined highly local giveaways in our new market with a targeted ad promotion to build our followers with potential buyers in our new market, which helped our page double in size to 100,000 followers in six months. See the difference? It shows your thought process and how you actually achieved that through the lens of a business decision, not just for the sake of growing followers, not just for the sake of pumping up numbers, but an actual need that the organization had. Another thing that stands out is when candidates think bigger than just tactical. Even early in your career, show a curiosity to keep learning and growing and ask questions. It doesn't matter as much to me what the latest updates from TikTok included. What matters is that you're subscribed to the newsletters and stories as they break so that you're staying in the know. So don't just talk about the strategy of using hashtags or your philosophy of posting every single day on social media. Talk more about how you are always keeping an eye on what the latest is and also that you have the common sense, wherewithal, understanding of social that it's not just about what random bloggers talk about is the most important or miscellaneous best practices that pop up where you have to use 30 hashtags or you don't use 30 hashtags. You need to show that you can sift through what the best approach is by client for what they need, what your resources are, 
and also ultimately what's going to provide the results that they're looking for in the end, not just best practices. There are a lot of bad quote unquote best practices out there. So keep a keen eye. Another thing that candidates can do that really helps you stand out in my book is demonstrating organization. So social media has a lot of moving parts. And if you can articulate how you catalog, organize, share, manage all of that content, that's really impressive to me. So don't discount all of the work that you put into your content creation. And if right now you're flying by the seat of your pants, consider getting a little more organized before you go into that interview. Additionally, really great communication can go a long way. So confirming an interview beforehand, sending any additional resources that are needed, following up with a thank you email, all of those are very important little details that show that you are a great communicator and that you can also be a really great communicator on behalf of the brand. Because when you are being hired, especially in-house, you are going to be the front-facing person of the organization. And employers really need to trust that they can hand over the keys to their brand to you to handle well. So any chance that you get to communicate and communicate effectively, well, and consistently is a great opportunity. And then also asking good questions. I think it's really important to remember that you are also interviewing them and if they're a good fit for you. So make sure that you do include questions around the things that are most important to you, whether that be around culture whether it be around flexibility, hybrid workspaces, opportunities for growth, compensation packages, make sure that you're asking those questions in those interviews so that you can really get a read for what it is that you're going to be signing up for in the event that you accept a deal from them. But that's what I love to see in an interview. And let's say right now you don't have any experience. You don't have anything that you can go back to and say that you grew to 100,000 followers. What you can do and what I would advise you to do is start looking for projects that you can intern with. So reach out to existing social media managers, reach out to brands, agencies, and see if they have projects that you can intern and help write copy for or create graphics for. That's a really great way for you to get your foot in the door for some organizations, also to start getting some additional exposure and getting some projects under your belt. But experience does matter. And if you haven't had the chance to be able to get into an industry or an organization yet to really build out that experience, look for those projects. Even you can start your own side project. What is it that you're passionate about that you can create a pseudo page around how you would create content for it, how you would write for it, how you would share content, how you would engage with the community, Build your own portfolio in order to get your foot in the door and then slam the heck out of that opportunity. Because even if it's not your dream client, and trust me, most social media managers do not get to work on their dream client right away, it's going to eventually turn into that if you do it well. So make sure that you're giving yourself opportunities, you're putting your foot in the door, you're asking for uh, any internship, mentorship opportunities. Try to avoid reaching out to see if you can take someone to coffee just because that is um, 
a little bit challenging, especially for more high profile social media managers and brand managers that don't really um, have a whole heck of a lot of time to spend on that. But feel free to reach out and ask if you can hop on in like a 10 minute call with them, ask them for any type of feedback, ask them for opportunities, introductions. There's a lot of ways. And for the most part, and I know myself included, social media executives are very interested in helping out people that are getting started or interested in getting into the space. So always happy to answer questions and really just help you help yourself because if you win, everyone wins. When it comes to education and how are you doing this? Because do they have social media degrees yet? Let me look. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. They have four-year degrees for social media. That's so funny. A master's degree in social, MBA, get out of here. You don't need that. That's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Like, how are you possibly going to learn about social media in four years and then still have it be relevant when you're done? That makes no sense to me. Anyways, don't do that. But I will say a degree in communications or in marketing, all of those degrees can be really beneficial, but it's not exclusive. Anyone with any degree can get into social media easily. I will say that I personally do prefer a college or associate level degree for someone applying to a social media position just because the level of writing that you do in college or post high school is just very different way of writing and organizing thoughts and articulating a strategic decision. So that's like the only caveat I would say is that it's helpful to have that experience and education, but you don't need to get a degree in social media. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, when it comes to after college degree, though, what education can you do to make sure that you are staying on the pulse and that you are continuing to get the best and the brightest? Part of it comes back to making sure that you're subscribing to newsletters and educational resources that are really beneficial. So I personally absolutely love what the social media marketing platforms produce from a content standpoint. So later.com has a very robust on the ball, sending out constant updates as they're happening to their um, follower base. So any changes that are happening later.com is on it. Same thing with Sprout. Sprout Social is another social media management platform that is very geared towards more big teams, agency models, and they just have really incredible content that they produce from a strategic standpoint, research, et cetera. So I honestly would just focus on what those channels have to say because social media management channels themselves are the ones that are trying to speak to social media managers. They are trying to get the social media managers to buy into their platform and use them for their brands. So they have a very crafted and curated language that they're using with social media managers that I think is helpful and direct and cuts through a lot of the extra fluffy BS that you might find in blog posts and whatnot. So I definitely would focus there. I would also just keep an eye on any updates, reports, white papers that are launched by the platforms themselves. And also if there's any 
new platforms that come out, like when Clubhouse released, definitely getting in there, getting your hands dirty, listening in, learning from users around you and what they're using. I love to look at Twitter to see what people are thinking about a platform. So example, Clubhouse or (laughs) Instagram filters from last week. If there's different perspectives, what people are saying about it, it's really helpful to get on Twitter and just search around to see what the fodder is all about. But as far as courses go, honestly, I've never taken a social media course in my life. I've gone to a few conferences, but I really have found that keeping a pulse on updates that are happening, understanding best practices, and then really refining my training and marketing has been the most effective. Because again, going back to what's going to make you stand out as a candidate, no one cares that you grew a page to 100,000 followers. They care why you did it and how you did it. So if you can apply marketing training to your social media approach, that's what's going to make it magical. That's how it's going to work. Because at the end of the day, it is marketing. It's who's your customer? What are you selling? And how are you going to get them to buy it? Same thing with social media, just in a little bit of a different way, because we don't like to overly promote ourselves all the time, but it has its own unique flavor and it's your job to find out what flavor that is, how to serve it and how to get that sale at the end of the day. All in all, social media is a great career for anyone who is creative, strategic, marketing focused, loves working with more digitally innovative approaches, loves storytelling, loves communities, creation, connection. It has been a really fulfilling career for me so far. And if you are interested in getting into it, I hope that these tips have proved themselves valuable. I hope that you are able to go out into the world with confidence, knowing that mm, no one's like beating you with an MBA in social media, you know? It's all about grit, willpower, and putting yourself out there and getting yourself the experience and not being afraid to do some trial and error. So I hope that this podcast has served you well. And if you have any questions for me, my DMs are always open at your social HQ on Instagram, or you are always welcome to email us at podcast at your social Best of luck to you on your journey, and I hope to stay in touch digitally. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Social Complex Podcast. Your support means the world to me. So if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, be sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. We'll be releasing a new episode every Tuesday, bringing you various stories, deep dives, and discussions around the complexities of social media in our modern world. To follow along for more, be sure to follow us at Your Social HQ on Instagram or check out Social HQ at www.yoursocialhq.com. I'm your host, Hillary Applegate, and I'll see you back here next week. Stay sane out there.